Hello and welcome to Mashmouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, MASH. I'm Ethan. And I'm Vanessa. Vanessa, something interesting about these last few episodes, something interesting about these last few episodes have been that they're kind of sister episodes with each other. Have you noticed that? Yeah, now that you mention it, it's uh, it seems that they're like related to each other, you know? Yeah, for the last four episodes, they've kind of all dealt with similar kind of military uh, commentary topics with uh, For the Good of the Outfit and Dr. Pierce and Mr. Hyde being very heavily anti-war and very like open about criticism of military, while these past two, Kim and LIP, local indigenous personnel, uh, have been kind of more about the realities of adapting to domestic life in Korea and how in the previous episode Trapper wanted to adopt a child from Korea and in this episode the primary conflict is that a soldier wants to get married to a local Korean woman who he has a child with and I once I noticed this it was just kind of something that really stuck out to me and I think makes the season a lot more interesting like structure wise that they're kind of doing these double feature kind of similar themed uh episodes yeah i agree with you there i also really appreciate that clearly the writers had something to say about all of these topics and i liked that they didn't just mash everything mash huh <laughs> um mash everything together into one episode to deal with all these really heavy topics that they kind of broke it up a little bit more um because i think that it made for better episodes and better like commentary and better commentary on what they were trying to get across to the audience yeah i think it's very smart writing to kind of reinforce these different ideas across different episodes and kind of tackling different subjects with each thing rather than just kind of being like, oh, what's funny? What's a, what's a gag that we could do? They kind of clearly have something that they want to express with each one. And I wonder, because a lot of times, especially in an era like this, the episodes are not produced in a particular order. They're kind of reshuffled around for broadcast. So I wonder what order these were produced in and if they were intended to be kind of back-to-back double features with each other. Yeah, I wonder that too. Now that you mentioned that, I didn't know that about episodes not being produced in a specific order. I should um, I, I should look into that. I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. Yes, please do. But for now, let's actually get into this episode because I thought it was rather interesting and had a very interesting conclusion for uh, Hawkeye's character at the end. This episode was called LIP, or Local Indigenous Personnel, in parentheses, and it's about a young soldier who comes to Hawkeye to ask for help to officially get married to a local Korean woman who he has a child with, and meanwhile, Hawkeye tries to date a nurse, but things do not go well. Pretty simple summary, like pretty simple premise, but they do go a few interesting places with this. What did you think of this episode? So I really, really enjoyed this episode. We'll get into it a little bit more, but there's uh, there's some heavy themes of racism in this episode. And after researching um, for the trivia of this episode a little bit more, I had this really newfound appreciation for what the writers did with this episode. So I really can't wait to talk about it. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really liked it too. I don't think it was 
as hard hitting as these episodes have been in the past. This is definitely more of a lighter one with this kind of background element of it being a serious topic. But still, I think it was pretty well handled. Yeah, I think that, um, well, when we get into the episode, when I when I talk about the historical context of some of the things in this episode, I think that you'll see more of the subtlety of what they were trying to do, because I, I really appreciate it. It was it was definitely more subtle than than for the good of the outfit, but it was still like super, super impactful, I thought personally. So, yeah, I really liked it. The ending, which we'll, we'll obviously get to, I thought was very impactful and said a lot about Hawkeye's character, mm-hmm. but it opens with the the camp watching a movie, which is kind of funny because they're all just making out with each other, and <laughs> Father Mulcahy's just like sitting there kind of like harumph, uh, being like awkward about it, which was pretty funny. And then I thought the discussion after the movie tied in with the entire episode really well. Did you did you catch this? Yeah. Oh man. So after the movie, Hawkeye and Trapper kind of having a discussion about the film, saying that like apparently whatever they were watching, the the characters like lost their baby and they were like saying like, well they weren't married. So they obviously in Hollywood they cannot have a child if they're not married. It's just not how things work. And then the conflict of this episode is that a soldier comes to Hawkeye uh, with his child who he had with a Korean woman and they're married in a like sense, but not officially. So I thought that that tied in really well and was like very subtle about it. I did not realize that until like halfway through the episode that that opening little throwaway discussion actually had foreshadowing, I guess you could say, for the the conflict of the episode. Yeah, I thought it was really funny that um, it kind of drew in just the whole theme of the episode. Hawkeye was actually talking about it with um, the nurse that he was trying to date. So I also thought it kind of just dawned on me just now that in this whole episode, even like the kissing scenes in the beginning kind of tie into the episode a little bit because you see all of this like, I don't know, ki- just like kissing and canoodling and stuff like that. And it was very, it was played very funny, but that this was kind of accepted between like U.S. personnel. But when it's a U.S. soldier and a Korean person, it's like, oh, like that suddenly is the wrong thing in in. That's how the episode like kind of came across. And I don't know. I just I, I liked that everything was pretty subtle, but it was still like made you think almost. I don't even know if the writers were necessarily like going for that, but I did. I did like it. So after the movie, then we get the introduction of kind of the main conflict of the show that this I think he's a lieutenant and his name's Walker. He brings this Korean baby to Hawkeye and says, you know, oh, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? And Hawkeye pretty much placates him and says, oh, don't worry, it's colic. And then it's revealed that this woman who is with this baby is Walker's, uh, in a sense, wife, because he says that the cook who was an altar boy married him, which I thought was very funny. And that this baby is their baby together. And you see Hawkeye not really like passing judgment on them because we'll get into it, but this was clearly not a popular relationship or not an accepted relationship back in the 50s and 
probably the 70s as well. He, so he's not judging them or like disdainful of their relationship. He's just like, you are going to have to jump through so many hoops to try to like actually marry this girl before you get sent stateside, which is what he wants. So that kind of kicks off the plot of Hawkeye trying to speed up this whole process of getting Walker and this girl Kim married so they can go back to the United States together. Yeah, uh, it was funny when the baby was introduced as Hawkeye's patient for this this moment, uh, because uh, like you said, they're not immediately clear that this is his like wife and his child. Mm-hmm. He's just like, hey, this kid is sick. And similar to last episode, I thought that was kind of where it was going um, of that just being a local person. But Hawkeye says something really funny after seeing the baby. He's like, oh, man. This draft board has really gone insane and just (laughs) gotten anybody, uh, which I thought was very good. And you're right. Again, it's not particularly like forefronted. Like you're not supposed to like feel bad about this like relationship and how they feel. But there's a lot of like talk about this as it continues. Like I think later on he's talking to like Henry about it. And Henry kind of uh, dances around like, oh, what if she's a prostitute or something like that? Uh, And just like looking to get out, like looking to marry someone. So they handled it very well where it wasn't like overwhelming, but it was there. And it was like, I thought handled relatively delicately for the time that this was produced. While it was subtle, I felt like it was taking a pretty hard stance that like, as long as these two people are in love, like, it doesn't matter what their race is. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. Which I thought was great. I really loved to see that. And like you said in this scene, uh, right right after the baby and Walker and Kim get introduced as, you know, the conflict of the episode, Hawkeye is saying to Henry, you know, why, why does this investigation into their marriage or into their relationship have to like be so long and arduous and whatnot? And Henry says, the war made a lot of these girls chippies, which I didn't know for sure if he was meaning like sex workers, but that was unfortunately true. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But I just thought that Hawkeye's response to it when he said, Henry, why is it assumed that any girl who's not a blue-eyed, blonde-haired baton twirler is in this for, is automatically a pro? Meaning, like, why is yeah. anyone who's not white a bad, conniving person? And it was so subtle that you wouldn't necessarily catch it unless you were looking for it. And I really, I, I don't know, I thought, I thought it was just so well done. What I thought was, like, interesting about the conflict in this one because Frank and Margaret are also kind of like doing their Frank and Margaret thing. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> they, they're upset that Hawkeye is kind of exerting more power than he really should have as um, a major versus Frank's like status. So that was their conflict. They weren't really worried about the guy trying to get married. They were more like, Hey, Hawkeye shouldn't be the one to to do this. And I thought that was interesting because associating them with like blatant racism towards this couple is like not good. So having them worry about the power dynamics of Hawkeye, I thought like kept them on the good side while still being uh, the antagonist of the episode. Yeah, I um I was kind of confused at this scene because I wasn't, you didn't really get 
the fact that Frank and Margaret, like, what they were really upset about, I felt, um, until a little bit later when Margaret's kind of explaining why they're angry. And so originally, I was really confused. I was like, Margaret had said, you know, there's a really formal and clear cut process for marriage applications. And they're just like, throwing that out the window. And I said, well, they're having the investigation done. You know, it, it's it's happening. So why are they angry? But then I kind of realized that it was more Hawkeye taking the lead in it rather than Henry, who was the commanding officer who would have been taking the lead of it and Radar kind of exerting so much of his energy in getting it put through and done. But of course, like like you said, I like that the writers didn't make Frank and Margaret like blatantly racist. Rather, they were making it like more you have to be like military bureaucracy about it because that's just like who they are. Yeah, and maybe you forgot, but this conflict starts right after the opening scene when Hawkeye and Trapper are back in the tent and Frank comes in and he's like yelling at Trapper for smoking, which is a very funny uh, qualm to have with a 50s man. As far as I'm aware, <laughs> 50s men smoked every moment of their lives. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Frank is in the tent and then this soldier guy comes in and asks Hawkeye for help specifically. And I think that's where it comes in because Frank knows that he should be like higher ranking than Hawkeye and be the one who's like acts to do these things. So it's more of him being like not power hungry, but like wanting to assert his power over Hawkeye rather than any form of racism, which again, I think is a much better angle for these characters. It gives them more like room to actually be funny and like redeemable rather than like, by the way, these characters that are going to be in a hundred more episodes, they're just bad people. <laughs> yeah, I definitely see what you mean there. Um, I thought it was also funny. Going back to my take on it a little bit more, though, I was I thought it was funny that Frank and Margaret were talking about the sanctity of marriage and Frank's right. literal mistress is right there. <laughs> I was like, wow, good job, guys. Right. So you do get still that they are like these dumb, hypocritical characters for trying to block this couple who's obviously in love, has a baby from getting married just because it's just like they have to think about it first. <laughs> Yeah, Frank says to Henry that, like, marriage is a sacred union, and without that sacred union, <laughs> me and my wife, uh, we have a healthy relationship that's going to last forever, and Margaret's right there. She kind of does her, I guess, catchphrase at this point of, like, oh, Frank, which is pretty good. Also, in the this is just kind of weird. In the beginning, uh, apparently, Frank wrote a letter to his wife, and he says that he pulls a hair out of his head every time he <laughs> writes a letter. And I'm like, how do you do? Like, I can't pull a hair out of my head if I try. <laughs> just a just an odd thing to do. Yeah, that was super weird. And I I did think that, like, for me, that was, like, one piece of comedy that, like, really stuck out to me was when Frank pulls the hair out of his head. That's so strange. But anyway, <laughs> and then it's like brought back in a funny way because like yeah. Hawkeye throughout this episode is trying to land a date with this nurse and like sleep with her more or less. And then, you know, at one point Trapper is like giving Hawkeye a haircut while he's getting ready for his date. 
and he puts all like the leftover hair onto Frank's letter and is like, there you go. You can write a thousand more. (laughs) And I thought that was like a really clever way to bring back this really odd joke about Frank pulling hair out of his head. Yeah, it was it was very strange and very funny. And I don't know. Uh, it was like the crux of the comedy for me. <laughs> I don't know why. It was just like the most standout joke in the episode. And I really liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, it's such a strange thing for him to do. Frank's a weirdo, man. So anyway, back to like the actual episode. <laughs> so we find out in this scene with Frank and Margaret and Henry that there is a CID officer coming to investigate. And he shows up and he is interviewing Hawkeye about whether i guess the relationship between kim and walker is like legitimate or not and he's asking hawkeye all these like really invasive personal questions that has nothing to do with walker or kim and i thought that this initial exchange really got to the crux of the like divide and the discrimination and the racism and the issue of this episode where um many people just believed that these Korean girls were marrying American GIs for these like really bad reasons of like to get visas or, you know, they were like sex workers or whatever the case was. And Hawkeye saw the real reason is because these two people were in love and they had a baby and they didn't want to raise a child in a war-torn, poverty-stricken country. And Hawkeye basically says that to this CID officer Willis guy and I thought that it was really well done it was it was done so quickly that I think that why I keep saying the episode was subtle is because it moved really quickly through these things so it was kind of harder hitting in my opinion but I understand why it seems like less hard hitting yeah I mean, we've seen this kind of scene before. There have been a lot of, like, superior officers who come in and try to, like, interview Hawkeye. So they they are kind of, like, going through the motions a little faster because they're like, we, we get it. Um, but I thought this guy was a very interesting character. Uh, I don't know if I'm off base because I generally don't think of this man often, but I felt like he looked like uh, John Belushi. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? He kind of looked like that, but like bald. Um, so it was like the entire episode, I was like, is that John Belushi? It's not. Uh. <laughs> no, you know who that is, though? You, I was going to save this for like lighter trivia at the end, but this guy played, his name is Burt Young, and he played Rocky's brother-in-law in the Rocky movies. Oh, yeah, I can see that. that he, I can see that. That, uh, that fits. But uh, yeah, this this whole sequence was kind of interesting because they are kind of doing what they typically do. Like this guy's kind of like being invasive and Hawkeye's very much on like the moral right side of, you know, wanting these people to be together, like just genuinely. And this guy's like, no, and I'm going to be a weirdo about it. And he slowly gets more and more drunk until... Uh, He just passes out. And (laughs) one thing that I liked about this was that it wasn't Hawkeye getting him drunk. It was just like a thing that he he was just getting drunk on his own. And they kind of used that to their advantage of like trying to frame him and do like things they've done before. Like these shenanigans. And again, it kind of doesn't work until like they're just kind of put in position of like, come on. Let happen. He's just like, okay, fine. I really don't care. 
it it was kind of an interesting spin on this kind of conflict they've done before. Yeah, I was going to say this time when they're blackmailing this guy um we've seen them do this before but it's for a much nobler cause than like faking a mental illness and try for mm-hmm. trying to like get r&r this is like a legitimate cause i feel yeah. um but this i did very think it was much in- like what they did in the movie of the the guy in japan where they also had like pictures of him like with a woman but oh, like completely yeah. different context for sure, definitely different content. I actually forgot about that. That's so interesting because, yeah, they they do kind of blackmail this guy into saying yes to the marriage. And I thought that it was, again, like this really subtle, interesting thing that he said was, you know, good luck to them finding an apartment back in the States with a Korean wife. And right, right. Basically, I I also thought that in this scene where it's just like, who is this like dumb drunk guy to pass judgment on these people? Like, this is the guy that they send really to to, to decide if a relationship is legitimate or not. But thought that that one quote was again just getting to the the crux of the episode of like, look at these dumb racist people. Basically, <laughs> yeah. The fact that he doesn't actually care about yeah. like the crime like he doesn't care about actually doing his job he doesn't care about like verifying whether or not this woman is in theory i guess doing a crime by marrying this man Mm -hmm. uh he's just like whatever i really don't care in the end again their blackmail is not effective he's like i've i've blackmailed people before i know the tricks i know the the way of the tree (laughs) but they're just so persistent about it that he's just like whatever and I thought that was a really interesting resolution for this to be uh, where it's not, you know, we're going to tell on you and we're going to do this that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. It's just that he didn't care enough to, like, stand in the way of it. Yeah, like, he's this bad person who cares more about, like, potentially self-preservation than really the racism that he spouts in the episode. Um so yeah, I thought that I thought that that conflict wrapping up was very very well done, and then we get to the kind of like final conflict I would say in the episode, and I really liked how this was handled. I think you mentioned how you liked how this was handled. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Yes. Uh, so throughout the episode, this was kind of the B story of Hawkeye trying to go on a date with this nurse, but every time that like it gets to the sex part. She kind of always rebuffs him. So uh, they go on like three dates and this is like the third and final date. And it's on the same night that like he's having this investigation done. So he has to like postpone. And then afterward he comes in and they're having like a good time. Like every scene that they have in this episode is like flirty and like fun and, like, has some good, like, comedic moments. So you're not thinking that this woman is a bad guy in any way. You're just like, oh, this is just another uh, another woman that, like, Hawkeye's hanging out with for the week. But then when he kind of tells her just offhandedly while they're, like, making out uh, that, like, oh, well, I had to deal with this investigation and there's a kid who wants to get married to this Korean woman and it was, like, annoying, but it's over now, blah, blah, blah. Just very, like, offhandedly, very casually, not expecting her to push back on this. She is revealed to be, like, 
very much against this relationship, uses some racial slurs, and it's just like an immediate turnoff for Hawkeye in every way of like, oh, you're not the person I expected you to be. I'm leaving now. Which, again, maybe a little unrealistic for a guy in the 50s to do, but I think speaks so much to Hawkeye being this kind of good guy character of always sort of being on the right track morally. I really like where this ended up for him. Uh, The fact that he kind of stood up for or against this kind of talk and behavior. Yeah, I agree with you. I really, I loved the scene where he just walked out on her. Mm -hmm. She uses this racial slur for, um, against Korean people. And Hawkeye says, well, she's Korean. And this woman, this nurse goes, well, it's a matter of semantics. As if like the racial slur and being Korean are just the same thing. And I was like, wow, you're a racist bitch. Anyway, (laughs) so, um... (laughs) I was also one one thing that I was really surprised at at this scene was that the show like really didn't hold back when it was saying what it was trying to say of like she was against like a white person marrying a non-white person because she didn't even say, oh, like an American person marrying a Korean person. That would have been a little bit more subtle, I feel. She straight up says like our people and Hawkeye's like, what do you mean by that? She goes, well, white. And... I was like, wow, I, I, I was honestly really surprised at how forthcoming the show was about this is not a matter of like, oh, American people, like Korean people, this, that. it was a matter of like, you're a racist. And the show mm-hmm. was absolutely not trying to hold back on that point. And I love that Hawkeye like kind of stuck to his morals and was like, you know, I'm not going to just have sex with this woman just because she's ready and willing. She's a bad person. So I don't like her. Yeah, no, it was great. And you're right, they they were very upfront about it, which is very cool. It wasn't coded in this like, oh, what if she's a prostitute trying to get out? Mm-hmm. You know, it's she didn't like it because she's Korean, which, you know, not good. And I love that Hawkeye uh, comes in afterward, after he leaves and like just grabs his wine and is like, oh, I forgot my wine. And walks out again, because that's like insult to injury of like, no, you're not going to sleep with me. And I'm going to take my wine back. Thank you very much. You don't deserve it. At this point, it's like, yeah, I'll take my alcohol over you. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I really liked the ending scene, too, because, of course, it all wraps up in this really pretty bow. And Walker and Kim get married. And it's it's alluded to that they're going to have like a good life together. And the one piece of this that was really funny was uh, she Kim throws the bouquet and Klinger catches it and he's really happy about it. And Hawkeye goes, well, don't look at me as if Klinger wants to get married. Oh, it was so funny. And I loved yeah, that. This like, just end, end on the on. comedy. Yeah, exactly. Especially compared to the, like the last seed being more heavy. And again, yeah. very unexpected of how this, re- uh, how this romance arc would resolve. I like how there wasn't any indication that she was a bad person in any of the previous scenes with her. But then this one thing is like, she has to go. Yeah, I agree. I think that it was, uh, I think that this episode was great. Yeah, I agree. So Vanessa, I hear you have some, maybe a little bit more depressing trivia about like the real world implications of this episode. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily call it trivia. It's more like I've been doing like historical context for this episode. 
Um, so I'll start with more of the Korean side and then go into probably what the writers were thinking during the Vietnam War era and writing this episode. So there isn't an exact statistic, but about 6,000 Korean women immigrated to the United States as so-called GI brides between the periods of 1950 and 1964. And unfortunately, a lot of American GIs fathered children that they didn't claim as their children um, which we kind of we kind of talked about it last episode with adoption, but the 1953 Refugee Relief Act allowed 4,000 half Korean and half American children to be able to be adopted into the United States. So that just kind of gives you a number of how many GIs were having relations with Korean women and what was happening. So that was very realistic for this episode. And like I mentioned before, Henry mentioned that um, many Korean women were chippies, which of course, don't use that word, but um, this is kind of, this is referencing the fact that during the Korean War, many women in these so-called camp towns were facing poverty and lack of resources due to the war, of course, so they turned to sex work to survive. And because of this, many Korean women were stigmatized as sex workers when they came back to America with their husbands. And many half Korean and half American children were stigmatized as children of sex workers, which is part of the reason why the Korean government didn't consider them Korean. So that was very realistic for the context of the episode. Now, this was still going on during the Vietnam War, and it probably rose to more prominence during the Vietnam War era because there was just more coverage of it. So in the episode, it was true that they had to wait like a really long time to get married just because of bureaucratic backlog and whatnot. So I thought that that was pretty interesting that they were trying to speed up this really long process. So on April 7, 1970, Congress amended the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1952 and created K visas, which are still used today. And that allowed for fiancés or spouses or children of U.S. citizens to legally enter and remain in the U.S. So through my research, I found that 1,400 marriages were performed in the first half of 1972 in Vietnam. And this is widely believed because the Vietnam War was winding down at this point and American soldiers were less likely to be coming back to Vietnam once they were discharged for another tour. Um, so there was a greater sense of urgency like in this episode. And as a total, 8,000 Vietnamese women came to the U.S. as so-called war brides between the years of 1964 and 1965. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is crazy. That's a lot of people and oh, it's a no, long I, wait time. I lied. It's 1964 and 1975. I apologize. And of course, like in this episode, mixed couples faced a lot of racism when they came back to the United States in both Korea and Vietnam. This episode was very much seeped in like Vietnam War era uh, politics, even though it did have implications from the Korean War. I do think that because of the coverage of this during the era when this episode was written it was probably more likely commentary on vietnamese brides of american soldiers that's uh that's very interesting uh thank you for sharing that i love history corner even if it is kind of a <laughs> more of a downer compared to like the fun this actor wasn't this thing did you know that like trivia like that <laughs> but if you're interested listening to this episode I think we will have links to more articles about this topic in the description. Yes. So please check those out. It's a good thing to learn about because, you know, get yourself educated. Lear learn a bit more about the world listening to this dumb podcast <laughs> about a very old TV show. So kind of going from that to 
bit wider, do you have any favorite lines from this episode? So I don't necessarily think it was a favorite line, but it was this one scene right between when this Lieutenant Willis guy came to interview Hawkeye and when they blackmailed him it was this scene with um the nurse that Hawkeye was trying to date and Klinger just in her tent eating together and I thought it was really funny where he was just like he had his legs up in his dress and stuff like that just lounging and he was asking her about like feminine stuff like shoulder pads and her hair and curlers and stuff like that I thought it was just like a really funny visual I do like a clinger bit I like the way they handle him it's always so like matter of fact about everything that it's just pleasant you know it's like oh he's Mm -hmm. just being himself which is great i think my favorite line comes from a sort of subplot in this episode a running joke is that the camp can't get like a new john wayne movie so they Mm -hmm. just keep showing like old movies there i've seen and they show uh, i think the movie's called the thing that ate the bronx and after that movie's shown (laughs) Hawkeye's like, you know, you see the thing eat the Bronx once, you're like good forever. And then like later on, when they're still trying to figure out what movie to show, because apparently they show a movie every night, Henry goes like, oh, we could show the thing that ate the Bronx again. I could watch that like any time of the week, which (laughs) I just think is such a good, this episode's really good at tying in earlier bits into like different comedic moments, like with the hair thing. It was just like a comedic thing that stuck out to me. I love the thing that ate the Bronx running gag. <laughs> I like that it's almost a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing too, where it's like subtle that they're tying all these things back. I really, I, I, I enjoyed this episode a lot. Well, speaking of enjoying it, what would you give it out of five martinis? Oh man, like I want to give it, um, I want to give it a five, Ooh. but... I think that I would maybe go with a 4.5 just because it wasn't like this one did stand out to me. I remembered this episode a lot because of the racist nurse thing, but it wasn't it's not like a really like standout episode to me. So maybe I'll give it like a 4.25, I would say. Oh, we're getting real into the decimal weave of this one. Yeah, I agree. This is like a four out of five for me, like a solid episode with like a good message, but not like oh my god, that was an episode, you know, uh, one, like, for the good of the outfit, or even uh, Dr. Pierce and Mr. Hyde were those kind of, oh, I have a lot to say about this episode. And this one, I didn't really have much to say, even though they were tackling similar things. Uh, Maybe I'm just kind of used to it by now, that this show, moving forward, is going to be a show that says some stuff about some things with their their comedy yeah i agree with you on that one it's it's a good episode and it has a good message and it deals with really hard topics but i don't think it was i don't think it was necessarily like the best definitely not one that i would necessarily show somebody but definitely not one that i would completely disregard yeah i agree so just to wrap up we'd like to give thanks to jacob freer balco for being our technical consultant Vanessa's sister, Melissa, for awesome cover art, and, of course, our listeners. I also just wanted to quick mention that we've gotten mail lately, like a lot of messages lately, and like we said last week, thank you so much. Uh, Keep sending them in. Uh, We love it, and maybe if we get enough, we'll do a full, like, mailbag episode. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, definitely. Music, social media, and contacts for the show are linked in the description. 
Join us next week when we'll be talking about Season 2, Episode 8, The Trial of Henry Blake. And until then, watch the thing that ate the Bronx a couple more times. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone.